Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game Cola Podcast number 31. That's right, 31 flavors of Game Cola Podcast. This time, we're doing a Metroid theme, talking all about the entire Metroid series. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones that we refuse to acknowledge. Joining me, I'm Nathaniel Hoover, editor of uh, some articles on Game Cola and writer of the column Flash Flood and the artist of Sprite Flicker, here with... Uh, I'm Mike Ridgeway. I do the Quantum Geek articles on Game Cola. This is Mark Friedman. I do the What the Crap column, as well as game reviews and some blogs. I'm Jetty, and normally I do the podcast, but today Nathaniel Hoover is taking over. Yes, hostile takeover. Ha ha. No. Yes. So, without any further ado-do, let's get rolling. So we have a couple of Metroid fans here, and uh, just before we begin... Yeah! I want to get a just a little baseline sampling of where we've been in the Metroid universe and uh, what our well, favorite game is. is. Uh, you've been to Zeebs, SR388, some space stations. Um, these are the jokes, people. <laughs> really? That's, that's where we've been. The Metroid. Oh, boy, we're off to a great start. Cut this! Cut this now! <laughs> so, guys, just a quick rundown of uh, what Metroid games we've played and what we feel a Metroid game is, like what it means to be a Metroid game. So, for me, I've played all of the Metroid games that are out, have been released as of this podcast, played them through to 100% completion, blah, 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 I'm obsessive, blah. And... I love the aspect that there's it's a platformer, but there's some exploration, and there's secret item finding, and it's science fiction, and I love science fiction, and also the music's fantastic, so hooray, Metroid. Michael? Um, I have played all of them. I have not gotten to 100% on all of them, and I've beaten all of them except for Metroid Hunters, which I prefer not to think about. I love the platforming. I love the exploration. Again, the music is is wonderful. They're always beautiful games. What also really gets me is just this sense of isolation that you get from the games where they Mm. they just plop you and Samus down on an alien planet, and it's completely up to you to, you know, kind of explore and to figure out kind of what's going on by yourself. Um, There's no one you really have to, you know, deal with, and that's... But we'll get into that later uh, when we talk about Metroid Other M if we end up doing that. Oh, of course we will. And and just to add to that statement there, I, I agree. I love the isolation about the Metroid games. The fact that not only are the stakes pretty high, it's the, it's the fate of the galaxy at your fingertips. But if you die, no one will ever hear from you again. You just disappear. No one will ever find you at the bottom of a lava pit in Norfolk. Right. So. Creepy. Mark. Yes. Um, well, I played through a fair amount on uh, the original one for Nintendo, the one for Game Boy Return of Samus, um, which actually, when it was ported to Ireland, it was actually called Return of Seamus. There was a little <laughs> misspelling. Um, it didn't sell very well. Uh, we have to kill the Metroids. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, I played through Super Metroid, which is probably my favorite, but... Definitely the big thing is, is the music, which was mentioned. And um, I also I really like the doors, like being able to shoot open the doors and then make that noise. I mean, it's, yeah, I wish, you know, my front door at my house was like that. But, you know. You'd like to have to shoot at your door in order to open it? Yes, and then it would close as soon as you, you know, walk through it automatically. Yeah. Damn, I lost my gun. Guess I won't be able to get into my house. Yeah. Oh, no, I left my gun on the bus. I guess the worst thing that will happen is that I can't get into my house. Well, you can always roll up into a ball and then, you know, poop out some bombs and then that'll open it up. 
Thanks. Jenny, take it away. Yes, I've played the original Metroid, Metroid 2, Return of Samus, and Super Metroid. I guess I've played the least of all of you. And basically, Michael Ridgway said everything that there is to say about a Metroid game. Oh, well, then we're done with this podcast. Thanks for joining us. This has been podcast number 31. But yes, uh, exploration, isolation, a lot of platforming, and yes, the music. The music has always been a big deal to me. Very cool. So, Mark, you already mentioned that Super Metroid's your favorite. What does Super Metroid do that just sets it far and above all the other games? And I know a lot of people love Super Metroid, but for you personally... I, I really like the, the opening intro uh, story scene where, like, you know, Samus is, it's a direct continuation of the Game Boy Adventure, and, you know, you're, you're getting the little baby Metroid back. And it's just, the game just seemed much more massive and open, as well as, you know, the big graphics improvement from the NES days. And, of course, being able to save your game was a big plus. I think, I guess you could save You could your do game. that in two. In the Game Boy one, yeah, but um, and actually, I didn't play it when it originally came out on Super Nintendo. I actually bought it on the uh, the Wii Virtual Console, yeah, whatever the heck, yeah. <laughs> so it, it may not have been the same experience for me not playing it in the '90s, but I still liked it enough that you know I can see why everyone likes it. But de- definitely the that music, you know, and fighting Ridley, it just really brings you in. Anybody else a Super Metroid fan, or is there another game that's even better in your mind? Uh, Super Metroid is always going to be the top of the pile for me. And, you know, the, the thing that struck me as a child that continues to strike me is how pretty the game is. And we, we've gone through, you know, the 3D revolution. We've, you know, seen vast, vast, vast improvements in graphics. But in my mind, Super Metroid is still just the most gorgeous of them all from what it was able to do with the limited capabilities that they had. I mean, you have these lush, rich environments. You have, you know, jungles. You have, you know, deep, dark caves with, you know, just slightly glowing little animals and fungi. Just the amount of detail that goes into the backgrounds and into Samus herself, the way, you know, you hold still, you can see her breathing. That just amazes me time and time again when I play that game. And it still holds up today. It still looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's... Honestly, I'm surprised they haven't ported it to, like, the DS or something like that yet. (laughs) Jetty, what about you? Super Metroid, I'm a big fan, although I would have to say, personally, I've always enjoyed Metroid 2 Return of Samus. Nice. It's uh, the one that introduced where her armor gets bigger because of uh, graphical limitations on the Game Boy, which actually made it more interesting in the end going into the future. Whereas, you know, in the original game, it was just a palette swap when she got the Varya armor. Sure. Mm. They made the... uh, the graphical changes on the Game Boy. Yeah, I'm I'm also a big fan of Metroid 2. That's the one that introduced me to the series. And I played it through, and then I said, wait a second, there's more items to find. I can do this in under three hours. There's a better ending. Yeah! And then I got all obsessive about the series, and it's wonderful. But I have a special place in my heart for Metroid 2 just because it is the epitome of isolation in the Metroid series. It is still, in my mind, one of the creepiest ones between the really minimalist music and the fact that you're definitely on a planet where no one will ever, ever find you. And you'll get eaten by Metroids, and they'll, you know, go fly I mean, off. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who in their right mind is going to go to the freaking Metroid planet to try and find you? <laughs> yeah, right? So uh, that's that's one of the things that I, I loved about it. Not, not like I'm all, you know, I, I get all excited any time I hear about someone, you know, going off into the wilderness where they'll almost surely die and never be heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't paint me in the wrong light here. Oh, boy, gotta be paid to hit the news on that one. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I, I do greatly enjoy Metroid 2. I, Super Metroid is still my favorite for all the same reasons that everybody else has listed, but I think the 2D and the 3D Metroid games really need to go into separate buckets here. Because although they are still Metroid games, and I think that, um, oh goodness, Retro Studios did a really good job of pulling together the Metroid Prime series to make it feel as much as possible like the 2D Metroid games. And we, we'll, we'll get to Metroid Prime Hunters and Metroid Other M, which are very divisive among fans eventually. But at least for the 3D games versus 2D games, I think you really need to separate them. And so as far as the 2D games go, it's, it's Super Metroid, but also Metroid 2 is really, really close. But uh, Metroid Prime, I like the original Metroid Prime because it really felt like you were in the suit. It felt like you were Samus, and you got to see all of these things that you'd been playing in 2D from behind her helmet. And it was just all of the little touches, like you were saying about Samus breathing in Super Metroid. The fact that there's, you know, fog all around you, there's like mist blowing out of a pipe, um, and then your visor mists up, and just all of these wonderful little touches, the details. Love it. I agree with uh, Nathaniel in a lot of ways, though. I, I do see the Prime series as... Not not so much as different from the the 2D ones, but as a as an evolution because I mean that's where they need to go in order to survive, uh, in order to you know continue to make Metroid games. They had to go 3D, but I, I think Retro Studios just did a fantastic job carrying over that that same feel of gameplay. And I think the um you know the main uh, I, I'm willing to call this an improvement, even though I love Super Metroid. The the main improvement they implemented was the scanner, mm, um, yeah. just because that allowed you to interact with the environment so much more and just to pull in all this information. And I love, love, love still still reading every little thing I come across in those games because I love to, you know, find out the background of this, these amazing worlds I'm going to. Yeah, I'm a big scan fan. Mm-hmm. I spent half of the game actually scanning things and not really playing. That's why my first playthrough of Metroid Prime was 22 hours and the second one was like 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely They're like you can do it under 10 hours, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want to read everything. You were saying, Mark? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um. Yeah, the scanning thing they added in a lot of games afterwards. Like I know the the new Ghostbusters game, for example, you can scan everything into the uh, what's the name of the book? the uh, Tobin spirit guy and you like scanning all the ghosts and stuff. And they, you know, they, clearly they, they took a, it's yeah, it's, you definitely spend a lot of time scanning even and it's tough to do because then you're in the middle of fighting this boss and it's like, he's shooting you and you know, you need to get that scan in, you know? Yeah, I know what you're talking about there. So now that we've sort of talked about our, our favorite Metroid games and, and the ones that really click for us as this is what a Metroid game is. I want to just take a, a quick little sweep through the series and we might repeat ourselves a little bit or we might skip over some things, but I sort of want to go through, through the the evolution of the series in the order that they were released, more or less, and and look at our opinions for the games that we've played, our reactions to those. So, original Metroid, ready, go. Oh, dear. I couldn't beat this game as a child. I kept getting lost. I had no idea where I was. All the rooms just looked the same to me. And I think that's You're the talking one about your childhood the or the game? I'm talking about, you know, as a child, all the rooms looked the same to me. I couldn't figure out where the hell I was, so... I went back to Mega Man. Yes. So I just have to run forward. That's That being said, you know, growing up, played it again when uh, it came out with Metroid Prime. It was unlockable with that, I believe. Yep. I played through it again. I did use a map. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was good. It's just, it's a, it's a Nintendo hard game, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, personally, I really don't like the original Metroid that much. I respect what it did. I respect how different and innovative it was at the time, and it still is in retrospect, but graphically, 
the original Mega Man and the original Metroid, if I'm not mistaken, were released the same year, and you can definitely see a difference in the quality and richness of the graphics. Now, graphics usually aren't anything that I care particularly much about, but, you know, that's one. The music was phenomenal, still is, love it. Craig's theme is still one of my favorite Metroid musics, but the the fact that you get lost so easily, and not just that it's lost because the passages are confusing, but everything is the same. It's just a palette swap everywhere. And the fact that you need to spend an hour killing random enemies to get powered up enough to survive the next room before you can go and start off with all of 30 health. Yeah, it's uh, it can be an unpleasant experience. No, it was just, it's the grinding that I don't mind. Yeah. The difficulty of the game's okay. Jetty, what about you? You played that one. Yeah, I, uh, when I was a little kid, I also you know, got quite lost with all the rooms. I, I have very fond memories of the first three or four rooms <laughs> of the game that I would play repeatedly, as I never continued much further than that. But, you know, and I came back and I played it a little older when I could understand what the game was doing to me. It was interesting, but it was after I had played Metroid 2, so I still kind of got lost, mm. Metroid 2 being much more linear. Well, the other thing that bugged me about the original Metroid, and I'm I'm very big on responsive controls in my games, because even if the challenges are really preposterous, as long as I have good, solid controls, this is why I love Mega Man so much, is that everything does what I tell it to, for the most part. But Metroid, I feel like... I. Samus is sort of a loose woman when she's jumping around there, and the issue of yikes, <laughs> yikes, and the issue of uh, not being able to duck at the time to shoot enemies at your feet, so you really had to roll into a ball and drop bombs, drop bombs, and hope that you know, or dodge out of the way. So I don't know. It was sort of a little bit clunky. I I like that you could shoot upwards, and that you had different weapons, but I felt a little restricted still in my movement. That's but Metroid right. 2 fixed that. Metroid 2 got a lot better, and everybody here's played yeah. Metroid 2. Yeah, no, Metroid Metroid 2 is just leaps and bounds ahead. Metroid 2 kind of, although you know, Metroid the original obviously was the one that started it all. Metroid 2 was the one that sort of defined yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. Did they have a map system in Metroid 2? I don't think they did. It's been a while since I've played it. But I mean, the areas were obviously better defined than they were in Metroid. True, but they were still very vast, so it was easy enough to yeah. get lost within an area. Yeah. With Metroid 1, I guess I didn't play it that much. I just I remember using the Justin Bailey code, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of like the, the second in line after the Konami code. It was, it was definitely just too hard for me, and I just enjoyed, you know, dropping bombs on the floor, and I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Not, not having the, the map in the game, it was just just too much for me and but I just I really enjoyed using the ice beam and you know making my little platforms and you know stuff like that that you see throughout the re- the rest of the games in the series but it was just it was hard and plus having the, the password to deal with you know luckily that was I believe the only game that had the password system so mm-hmm. you know as a young lad trying to write down all the different <laughs> alpha numeric characters and and then you know you get that one character wrong and you turn the system on the next day and it's like oh you lost yep. all your progress oh, you I've know? had that with too many games yeah so it, it sounds like we at least going back to Metroid 2 that there's a generally favorable opinion about Metroid 2. What's your favorite part of that game? For me, it's space jumping everywhere. By the very end of the game, and I, I love being able to blast the Metroids and see them evolve as they just get bigger and scarier, but I love space jumping around everywhere. You have this whole huge room, and you're just jumping forever, and there's nowhere that you can't go. It's wonderful. For you. Uh, I've got a few few favorite things. The first is finding the spider ball. Just because I realized it, I think it's the spider ball isn't necessary, or there's something that's not necessary. The jump ball isn't necessary. Is it? I know it's not necessary in Super Metroid. It's rarely but, necessary. Yeah, wh- whatever is not necessary, I just like finding it. It's like, haha, I won. 
Um, because I found it. The um, other thing, I don't know if this is my favorite, but I respect it because it's sneaky. You get the plasma beam, and you're like, yes, sweet, plasma beam, awesome. Then you get to the end of the game, and you get to um, the proto-metroids again, and uh, you're like, what? Plasma beam, no! Aren't you working? And, like, right before coming to that area, I saw the ice beam, and I'm like, ice beam? Why the hell would I want the ice beam? I got the plasma beam. And, you know, you're walking around with the plasma beam and the Metroids are killing you because you can't do jack squat against them without the ice beam. <laughs> not, having not gotten to the end of the first Metroid, I did not know that. Jedi, Jedi, Jedi. Favorite part of Metroid 2? Uh, favorite part of Metroid 2 is definitely the music. Mm-hmm. It sort of defined the uh, the music as far as, like, being very quiet and atmospheric. Yeah, atmospheric is key. There, there wasn't a lot of, you know, melody to it. Certain parts of the game, you would enter an area, and it would just be like, bloop, 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 <laughs> bloop, 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 And I thought that was cool being, you know, six years old, I was impressed at this. <laughs> Very cool. Well, we... Mark, did you contribute something? Not much. Not, okay, not on okay. number two. Okay. Um, probably probably my favorite part was the uh, the Roman numerals. Very uh, professional, <laughs> you know. Um, I did like how you were... I believe it was in the very beginning of the game, you could actually go back in your ship and use yes. it as a save point and yep. rearmament. And I think all the other games followed that in suit. Um, that was pretty cool. And I also liked how, you know, at, at the bottom of the screen, it, it showed you how many Metroids you had left to kill. So and it's kind of like you, you had a defined mission. And that wonderful reveal, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that we're all safe with a little bit of spoilers if you're listening to a podcast that's exclusively about the whole Metroid series. But that, that little <laughs> reveal when you're like, oh, I got one Metroid left, and then you get to the end and then... And you have, like, a dozen more. <laughs> that little, no, that feeling. Bitch oh, yes. move, Metroid 2, bitch move. <laughs> but also with Metroid 2, I, it's kind of interesting that they tried to do a bunch of remakes. Like, they were going to make a Game Boy Color or a super-colored Game Boy, whatever version. <laughs> it was It was going to be called the, the Metroid 2 D- DX, like they did with Link's Awakening and stuff. So that never came to fruition. And then there's some, you know, fan projects out there, people trying to remake it with, like, you know, Super Metroid 16-bit graphics. Oh, yeah. and it's pretty cool, and it's, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's a very good game, but not that many people played it, although all of us here have played it. But, but it's the only old-school Game Boy game that's available at any video game place that sells old games anymore. It's like the only Game Boy game you can find next to Tetris. It's everywhere. Yeah. So, which means you should buy it. Yes. I, I, Super Metroid, we've already talked about a great deal, but was there anything else that we wanted to add about Super Metroid right. for mu- moving on to Fusion? The Secret Skills. The wall jump and the uh, little the dash jump. Yes. It took me forever to figure those out. I was like, "What the hell's going on with this? What?" Oh, of course that that process that was you know like three seconds long when I described it was more like three or four hours long when I was. Yeah, it it was very difficult to pull those off. Plus uh, things like that, at least in the games that I had played, I'd never heard of any abilities like that. These were right. completely beyond things I'd been thinking about. I, uh, I think it's worth noting, too, and this is one of my favorite video gaming stories. The Walmart in my town got Super Metroid on a demo before I got a chance to, to play it. So one day my uh, my mom was going there and I asked her to take me with her so I could play Super Metroid. And over the course of like an hour, hour and a half, however long it was, I sat there at that machine. No other kids were around, but it reset it reset every five minutes. So I figured out a way where I could, you know, get to a save point every five minutes. <laughs> and I got a decent way into the game. I got I got at least to the spore spawn. Nice. I remember that much. Wow. Wow. I had that down. <laughs> 
Well, and that that sort of leads into another topic about Super Metroid that I'd like to touch on, maybe if we get a chance at some point later. But speedrunning is, I mentioned, I believe, in a previous podcast somewhere long, long time ago that Metroid pretty much pioneered the art of speedrunning. And that's exactly what you were just talking about, Mike. Yeah. So with um, Super Metroid, I th- well, for me, Metroid 2 being my first Metroid game was the one that really introduced speedrunning for me. But um, So when you guys play or played the Metroid games, were you in it just to beat the game or get 100% of the items or just beat the game? Or did you try and speedrun any of them? I tried to speedrun Metroid 2 a little bit, but it wasn't happening. <laughs> so I just I started to go after items. I like items. I like items a lot. Yeah, I would have to say that's very true, though. Uh, Metroid 2 had the... Uh... Was it two hours or three hours? I think the first couple were three hours. I think Fusion was the first one that was under two. Uh, yeah. you got a different ending. Yeah, but that sort of introduced that concept where uh, you know other games previously had had uh, you know high score or whatever. This game had your time. That was kind of neat that they introduced that. Yeah, yeah I didn't do any speed running on that or really any game. I guess I just like to take it slow, you know. <laughs> um, Metroid's about the only game series that I'll speed run because I, you're right, I do absolutely love going through and just taking my time and really enjoying what the game has around me. But what I love about the Metroid series is that because of all those secret items to pick up, that unless you're using a walkthrough, which is just boring, if you're figuring out for yourself how to go through the game in the most efficient way possible and practicing so that you can get through the tricky areas quickly. That is a challenge. It's a game in and of itself, which is one of the things I love about the series. So if you can teach yourself how to speed run and not just rely on someone else's guide, then you get an, an entirely different experience out of the game. It's fantastic. But moving on through through the speed running, so we'll speed run through 1, 2, and 3. Fusion. What do we think of Fusion. Because that was the one that started being a little different. I really liked how it had that story in the beginning where, although I can't exactly remember what it was, something with, like, the Metroids were, like, an antivirus to some more evil being. Yeah. Um, I definitely liked that. And I'm not sure how I feel about how the sections were, you know, things were more closed off and you couldn't free roam as, as, as I'd like to. But I guess it did kind of minimize one of the things in Super Metroid that I didn't like, which was just running around trying to figure out where I was supposed to go exactly. It wasn't that bad because you did have a map, but at least Fusion did minimize that. Yeah, I, I liked Fusion for what it did at the time. It was a, a 2D Metroid when we hadn't had one for probably about 10 years or so. And, you know, the gameplay, um, the gameplay, the platforming, that was all great. I, I agree that I didn't really like having things blocked off. You know, I was like, oh, they have to release the keys. On the like there were the red locks. It's like, well, f you. I also didn't like being bossed around by some computer. I did like the whole background with the X parasite and the fact that like Samus is part Metroid now. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you know, in general, great game. Just a few flaws, but try not to hold it against it too much. Though looking back now, I, I see that that game had you know some of the seeds of uh, Metroid Other M in it, unfortunately. Ah, but we'll get to that eventually. Now, I I dig Metroid Fusion. It's not my favorite. It's solid, though. It's solid. I don't have any real... Oh, it is. Yeah, I don't have any real serious complaints with it. I think it... And and it did some neat twists with some of the classic weapons. So, for example, Mm -hmm. the uh, the ice beam getting integrated with the missiles. It's a little change, not anything major, but just different enough, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like what they were trying to do. I think they were pretty successful. It just it didn't wildly revolutionize the Metroid series. It was just it was a good installment. And I I really liked the, the story. Yeah. The story was executed well and it was interesting. And even being bossed around by the computer wasn't horrible to me because 
it wasn't just this is your objective, go do this. It was <laughs> there, there was a little bit more to it, a little more intrigue in there. No, no, that, that, those are completely valid points, and I agree with you there. And well, you should. Metroid Zero Mission. Zero Mission is awesome. <laughs> I uh, Zero Mission uh, is it, it's wonderful. I mean, I was a little kind of ticked off the fact you had to wait till the very end so, to get some power some bombs. Stuff in your suit, yeah. But you know the just what they did with the you know kind of retelling the first Metroid, great. I loved it, especially because I had such a hard time with the first match. Now, Mark, did you say you played Zero Mission? Yes, I did. I was very confused by the title because I thought it was like a prequel to the first one, you know? But then that's what the Prime games were. Well, so... the interquel between one and two is what the Prime games were. Oh. Wow. Oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> I get this game. There you go. Um, but yeah, I did, I did play through Zero Mission and... Like I said, I had never really gotten far into the first one, and it seemed like it was going through like an Egyptian temple, and there was like some random, you know, Sanskrit decoding. If I were, maybe I was smoking something. Something along those lines, yeah. Yes. So that seemed kind of, I guess, out of place, but it was definitely much more playable than the original NES game. So I, I, I thought it was good. I can't think of anything that was, you know, particularly bad about it. So yeah, and I, I like how it, it took elements of fusion and Super Metroid and applied them to the original Metroid and just expanded the game even more and helped it the original Metroid obviously fit in with the Metroid universe well enough on its own, but helped to integrate it even more. I like it. Then there were the Prime games, Metroid Prime one, two, and three. Now we're we're getting more and more into the territory where fewer of the participants have talked about it, but you know, feel free to jump in wherever if you have something even random to contribute, even if you haven't played the game. That One goes for you too, listeners at home. So Metroid Prime, yeah, that's the name of the game. First real 3D Metroid game, huh? Did it work? We were yes. talking about this a little. Yes, it did. And I'll tell you one of the reasons. Expectations were so low. Mm. Everyone thought this game was going to suck, you know, self-included. It's like, Metroid 3D, there's no way it can work. No way. Oh, my <laughs> God, it's going to suck. And I mean, expectations were kind of low, but... Even, you know, knowing that the bar was set down there, uh, Retro just ran with it, and they made an incredible gaming experience I didn't think they could do. I have to ask a question because, you know, I obviously haven't played the games. But I I have to wonder, like, the classic of Metroid Monsters, the little floaty bug guy who goes back and forth, does that work in 3D? Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) How? What does he do? He just kind of... well, Does he float which, which, back and which forth? Which floating bug guy? Because there's a, there's a lot of kind of you know flying bug things. I mean, the original Metroid subtitle was going to be Metroid floaty bug guys, but yeah. <laughs> of course, well, they only go literally like back and forth in between like a platform and the wall. Oh yes. Oh yeah, I think they're there. <laughs> yes. Well, do they, they do they fly in circles? Or? They they do. They um. There's only like one or two of them, but they're actually points for your grapple beam. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they they basically go around in a circle, and then when they're at the right point, you can attach onto them with your grapple beam, and then swing across to another platform. So they they do cause a little bit of tricky challenge. Interesting. But it works. So. Yeah. Another, another thing that was cool about Prime was that if you had Metroid Fusion and that GBA connection cable, which this up. two people had, you could, um, if you had beaten Fusion, you could play Metroid Prime Fusion suit. Although you were in first person view, so I don't know how much you actually saw. Well, anytime you got onto an elevator, anytime there was a pre boss cutscene, um, and anytime you stepped into like a save point, you'd get to see Samus. And ball mode. Oh, yeah, ball mode. 
I thought you said bald mode for a second. I remember <laughs> Sam is shaving her hair with the fusion suit. But, you know, maybe they need to cut off more of the suit than just the suit. Um, and anyway, yeah. So I think Metroid Prime was really a fantastic game. And the only, the only complaint I have with the whole game is that there's a bit of backtracking in the middle that seems a little excessive. But even that is kind of okay if you know what you're doing. See, it, it is it's okay to me, and it's just so pretty. Yeah. All of it is just so pretty. Well, it's that's the best part, is that after you've played through it, you know, focusing on not dying, then where you're going back and backtracking, you're saying, wow, look at all this stuff I missed because I was being shot at. It's great. And, and Metroid Prime has the distinction of having one of my all-time top ten, definitely, maybe even top five, favorite, most memorable video game battles ever. The battle with Ridley is just left such an impact on me of how I was talking about, yes, you are Samus, you are in the suit. This is what it feels like for a ginormous space dinosaur to be charging at you, trying to eat you. Wonderful. I get very excited over it. And then some of the weapons that you could use, like the Wave Buster, using the Wave Buster on Ridley. Whoa. Just a constant stream of blue. And that's actually what the definition is in the game manual. I was going to say, how does that go again? Um, there was a, a wing and, and a point <laughs> in there somewhere. Um, I'll need to look it up again. I forgot. Metroid Prime 2. A little bit darker than the original Metroid Prime. Yeah, I wasn't sure how I felt at first about um, the whole ammo system, because that was entirely new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it worked pretty well. They gave you plenty of it. That was my only concern with the game, and I, I think they, they pulled that off really well, too. I, I liked going the, the whole mechanic of going back and forth between worlds. Um, I like that a lot. I, I, I like stuff like that in any game where you have you know two sort of mirrored environments, and you get to see the differences from one to another. Well, it's similar uh, like, to the past in that respect, and other games. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think um, I think Metroid Prime Two gets the award for the best power stripping uh, <laughs> because you know the other games either you just they don't explain it or like a Metroid Prime you have your powers but you get thrown into a, an elevator at the a beginning. Wall. And, yeah, you get thrown into a wall. Right. Um, Metroid Prime Two you get attacked by the bad guys and they're you know kind of amorphous and they steal your suit powers. And you need to steal your suit powers back from them. So it's yeah. not just, oh, you lose your powers, you need to get them from somewhere else. It's these sneaky people, bug things, have your powers. Fight them, get them back. It's good. Right, right. And that, yeah, I, I think that that's probably the best depowering, repowering, whatever you want to call it, mechanic I've seen in the Metroid games. So I, I, I give it a lot of respect for that, too. So, Jetty, what's your explanation for why Samus isn't super uber-powered at the beginning of Metroid 2 and Super Metroid after having gained all those powers? Uh, she went on vacation. <laughs> Works for me. Samus hit the booze pretty hard. <laughs> she lost it all at the casino planet. I think in the beginning of the game, they should have just shown her visor with, like, a blue screen of death over it. You know? <laughs> Oh, that was good. Oh, bravo. And actually, looking back, I think I may have played this game briefly, but only the multiplayer mode. I don't remember how good it was, but... And I'm glad you brought that up, too. Look at this, all the things I was going to forget to to bring up. Yeah, I I, liked Metroid Prime 2 multiplayer because I, I was talking about controls earlier. I love the Metroid Prime controls. They're just complex enough to give you a wide variety of things to do, but they're not so crazy that you need wild button combinations or three hands to be able to pull off everything. Uh, at least for me. I know some people didn't like it. It worked just really well. I love the lock-on system. So I was kind of devastating in the multiplayer mode, which is why no one would play with me. Also, no one I really knew played the Metroid Prime games to any extent, so that you know didn't help either. So I was really awesome because nobody had played it. I was definitely disappointed, and I realize this is kind of going into the Prime 3, but 
they removed multiplayer. And it's just, you know, generally with a sequel, you get, you know, bigger and better in terms yeah. of graphics and features and stuff. And then number three was on the Wii. So that's a network capable system, despite what Nintendo may think. And, you know, it would have been cool to do some online play. Oh, sure. Um, and, and Metroid Prime 2's multiplayer caught a little bit of flack because it wasn't very robust. It's a couple of levels and whoop-de-doo. But the fact that it's there at all... Is just a nicety. Hey, you get to play Metroid with your friends. Cool. Why not? You know, it didn't need to. They weren't basing the game around multiplayer, so it worked for me. In in multiplayer, do the other players play as Samus or like what's? Yeah, called? just different colored Samuses. Nice. Samai. Samai. Nice. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it worked pretty well. I liked it. The one thing I want to say before moving on to Metroid Prime Three is that I did like Metroid Prime Two. I I liked the darkness of it, and even though visually. It did get a little drab, and there was a little bit too much, you know, waiting in the light points to recover your health before you could run on to the next section. I like that it returned to the creepy, dark Metroid feel, because Metroid Prime, as pretty as it was, was still a little bit bright and happy for a Metroid game. Not overly so, but just just a little brighter than I'm, I think we were accustomed to. But Prime 2 returned it to the nice, dark, creepy feeling, and uh, there was a good balance of creep factor. So, huzzah. Prime 3... Mark, you were starting to talk about Prime 3. Yes, although I believe that... I don't know if you want to go into chronological order, because I believe that Pinball and then Hunters... Hey, well, I'll, I'll get back to that. Um, okay, yes. Well, so, actually, no. You're right. This would be this would be a good time. You can be my uh, my vice host today. How does that sound? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm just but, looking at the Wikipedia listing of, you know... Yeah, I'm just doing this all <laughs> off the top of my head. So, And because I know everything, I mean, I'm infallible. But whatever. You know, we'll, we'll do it your way. Metroid uh, <laughs> Prime Hunters. We can talk about that. Actually, Pinball, if you want to go... Fine. Metroid <laughs> Prime Pinball. Take it away, Mark. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've never played this game, but I'm looking at the <laughs> shots... It looks pretty decent. It's actually really fun. I think I may be the only person here who's played Metroid Prime Pinball, but being the pretty big, fairly big pinball fan that I am, I, I throw my quarters down anytime I see a pinball machine, including if it's like a screenshot of a pinball machine, I'll just throw my quarters at the monitor. But um, anyways, I like pinball, and I like Metroid Prime Pinball. I think it's a really solid, sturdy pinball game that can get really frustrating sometimes if you're actually trying to beat it because it has a story mode you basically go through the different locations of metroid prime as samus in morph ball mode with you know flippers going off everywhere and bing 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 and all those pinball things but i think it's it's got some good mechanics you know you get to come out of your ball and shoot things with missiles every once in a while um set off power bombs go beat up bosses in a pinball game it's just it's really fun it's a good throwaway game if you're ever traveling and just need a a good 10 15 20 minute diversion um unless you're going full story mode and i know that there's multiplayer but having no friends uh, who play Netflix, um never got a chance to try that out nice save yeah, well, so, but it's fun. I like it, and I think it's it's the best retelling of a game ever performed in the pinball medium. Let's <laughs> try Prime Hunt, no, I, another DS I, game. Yeah. Uh, oh okay, I, I um, I came to the DS scene fairly late. Um, that's why I missed uh, Metroid Prime Pinball. Sure. One of the first games I picked up was Hunters. I'm like, oh boy, Metroid Prime on the DS, going to be awesome, and it wasn't. <laughs> and one of the main reasons is because they, it felt like they were still working out the kinks with regards to controlling on the DS. And they hadn't figured out that trying to ha- trying to control 
both the directional pad and the, the, the right side buttons and use either the stylus or your thumb to change to, to, to play around on the bottom screen is really unsatisfying. Well, there That's are some really people who swear by the hunter's controls and say it's great, say it's a wonderful, you, you have perfect aim and all these things. And well, I had a heck of a time controlling it. My <laughs> wrist would cramp up after about 30 minutes. So even though I wanted to just play through the whole game and get it done with, I couldn't because I had to stop after every 30 minutes or else my hand would fall off. But the big issue that I had, I had to go out and buy one of those bendy stylus things to wrap around my finger because I, I couldn't oh, yeah. I couldn't actually use the stylus for it. And it worked better. Better, but I wanted to just you know press my thumb against it with a little pinpoint on the end and just run it that way because that would have worked pretty well. But it was because my hand was sort of elevated over it and I couldn't quite aim perfectly that it just made for a very difficult experience. Plus the level design was very cookie cutter. There were a lot of places that were just hi here's a hallway hi here's a hallway with a curve hi here's a hallway <laughs> and it didn't do much for me. The I liked that there were other hunters. I liked that you got all sorts of fun, different weapons. Um, I'm glad we never saw a Nintendo 64 Metroid game because it would have looked like this, and it's, it's a little sad. Um, and again, I, I swear that I'm not all about the graphics, but in the case of Metroid, I don't know, it just it feels like this is one instance where it actually does detract, where it's not all this sharp, ooh, ah, pretty 3D graphics. Maybe it's because I played Prime first and then wanted anything remotely close to that look on the DS. Bosses were largely recycled, which made me sad. And you can die instantly. You can just roll off into oblivion and die forever. Ah, uh, yes. And that, that was just... That didn't belong in a Metroid game. I'm disappointed that it doesn't have the blue Samus-looking guy from the comics. I don't know if anyone ever read the Nintendo Power Metroid. The one who randomly yes. shows up dead in Super Metroid just before Kraid, yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. You're right. Oh, that's who that guy is. Yeah, that's, that's I think, why he was invented in the first place, to explain who this random... Because that was one of my favorite parts of Super Metroid. You're walking over, and you're like, oh, look, there's a cluster of insects, you know, hanging out on a rock or something. And then they flutter away, and it's a dead guy in a suit that looks just like yours. And there's no explanation for it, and it's really... <laughs> I love it. I'm not normally one to be creeped out. Uh, I just I love the creep factor of the Metroid series because it's it's just it's like a science fictiony creepy. And Man, I, you just love thinking about people dying alone, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like this. I'm really not. I'm only a little bit. Ladies never ever ever go camping with Nathaniel. <laughs> Ladies, have you ever thought about space exploration? <laughs> well, here's why you shouldn't. So, Metroid Prime Hunters, consensus, Mark, Jetty? How should I know? It, it doesn't look very good, again, by looking at the, the screenshots, but I guess, I know you said the controls are bad, but did you have to aim to shoot or aim to... Yeah, well, that, here was the thing. You had to aim with the stylus or whatever you were using as a replacement, you know, stock of celery, whatever you had on hand, but you needed to aim on the touchpad, which was also, I believe, what you were looking at, and then you needed to double-tap the screen to jump, which will also destroy your DS touchscreen in no time if you're not careful. <laughs> and then with your right hand, assuming you're, you know, whatever-handed you are, or your left hand, one of the hands that has buttons attached to it. Um, Fingers? <laughs> you, yeah, that thing. <laughs> um, then you'd press the buttons for firing and uh, moving forward as well. So, I don't know. Um, it did the best that it could, given the limitations of the DS and you know, human anatomy, but I uh, I can do without it. It's one that I probably will not be replaying. But some cool concepts in there. Just would have liked to have seen it uh, executed in a way that I can play Metroid Prime 3. Nice segue. I'm good at these. I liked it. 
Uh, it was one of the first games that really showed what the Wii could do um, in a first-person game. I actually I was able to get into the motion controls. Um, I was a little miffed at the beginning where you've got these three other guys, and they're kind of trying to show you up. But then you kill them all, so that made it better. No, it, it's a solid game. It wasn't as... It didn't as... The, the jump from... Um, from the GameCube to the Wii didn't impress me as much as the jump from Super Nintendo to to the GameCube. True. But it was still a solid game. Uh, once again, I found myself having issues with the controls. And I, I, I wrote on, uh, on my blog about uh, this rant about controls in new video games because the DS, as I was saying, gave me hand cramps. And I am a lazy gamer. I play video games to relax. I like to just sprawl out on the couch, have... You know, the screen at an angle from where I'm sitting, you know, laying with my head cocked 45 degrees to the side and just sit there, you know, drooling potato chips, whatever, playing <laughs> games. And you can't do that with Metroid Prime 3. You need to sit up very nice like you're back in school and point at the screen and then flick your wrist every so often. And then, you know, do the grapple lasso was kind of fun, you know, swing your other arm around like you're a space cowboy. <laughs> but honestly, I... And again, I know there are people who swear by the Metroid Prime 3 controls and the Metroid Prime Trilogy controls, which is basically just those three games with the motion controls added. As far as I understand it, I'm probably missing something. But just the the fact that I had to put so much effort and get less precise aiming out of it, because I was really good at locking onto enemies and aiming at them in Prime 1 and 2. Then I get to Prime 3 and I can't hit anything because my hand's a little bit shaky when I'm, you know, had it up in the air for more than two minutes. So well, you, you, find, you find a good, you just have to find a good position. Yeah, and eventually I did, and I got through it, but I was also disappointed. I was disappointed at the game. Um, there were some parts that were fun, but... By the time Ridley showed up, I said, really, Ridley, again? We have seen this guy so many times, and yeah, he's an iconic boss, but we're not doing anything really new or notable with him. But um, I was sort of disappointed at the fact that Prime 3 didn't significantly build on its predecessors, because there were a lot of creative directions it went in, and then it went back to, oh, we're, we're going to have another Ice World, sort of like Fendrana again. Um, and, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll fight Ridley again. And th there were a couple good things that I like. I love the gunship. Being able to fly around and upgrade your gunship was great, and I love the cockpit music. That was very good. Throwback to Super Metroid a little bit. But, you know, I got to the end of the game and said, I don't feel like this really contributed to the Prime Universe as much as it could have. Like, I really wanted to see Kraid in 3D, not another Ridley. Yeah, and, that, that's fair. And the, I, I, I love the battles with Ridley because Ridley is always my oh, favorite to, to take out. So I was fine with that. But, you know, they, they could have done a little bit more. But that being said, I still I still like it. But the ending is what got me. So, and, and let me throw this back to Jetty uh, for a second. So, as you're playing the three Metroid games that you've played, as far as, like, story went, where did you see Samus in the place of, like, the Grand Universe? Uh. <laughs> oh, great. Totally out of left field. Wonderful. <laughs> But, like, did you see her as just some random bounty hunter that was called out for anything? Or did you see sort of, like, lots and lots of people all over the place in the, you know, Grand Space and Samus just happened to be going to the uninhabited planets? Planetids. Oh, wonderful. Planets. Planetids. Uh, I don't know, because, I mean, in Metroid 1 and 2, they didn't really, uh, explore that very much. She just happened to be, uh, chilling out in space and came across, uh, Planet Metroid or whatever. And, uh, in 3, they kind of explained, or 3, Super, that's three. Super Metroid, yeah, whatever. They, uh, they kind of explained it a little more. 
but I, I never really put much thought to it. Okay, well, yeah, that's fine, because I was just really stretching for conversation topics that would help to draw you back in. Please ask us questions! We don't want to leave you out! So... I was disappointed by the ending of Prime 3 because, yeah, all of a sudden we have the Galactic Federation here, which is cool, and we're running around the the spaceship, and then there's some voice acting, which is okay, but I don't know. I, I always felt like Metroid was better off without voice acting. I, I like using my imagination for that. Yeah, but yeah. The, Every, almost everything's better out, better off without voice acting. Too, well, so. unless, it's, unless it's intended from the get-go. Like, if you have a series that's been going without voice acting for a long time, like Mega Man, for example, the voice acting 8 kind of bugged me because it, it didn't match Shit. up with what I thought. Let's Why get it, Wiley! <laughs> so, I think with any long-running series that suddenly gets voice acting, you need to be really careful about how it's implemented. There was voice acting in Super. <laughs> that's true, but the last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Does it doesn't really count. count. It's close, but, yeah, I, I'll give you that. Uh, now with, with it Christ, doesn't count. With Prime Number Three, wasn't there only the major voice acting like in the beginning when you're running around with all the other? I, I really like that part. Mostly. I like how they're, you're kind of working with them and kind of against them, and there's you finally see some other characters that you're playing with, at least from the Metroid games that I played. But. Yeah, and no, then I... you murder them. <laughs> win, win. But isn't there like a wave of evilness? Like the something happens, and they're, it's not they're not they're not willingly trying to kill you. Corruption. Yes. But that was the thing that and, – and maybe it's hard to tie up a trilogy like this that's been going so long, so strong. But I don't know. The ending just left me kind of saying, huh, well, that just sort of ended. And it, it was just sort of, um, we need an ending. That completes everything. Here we go. And, if only and, the trilogy went for a few more games. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I don't actually know what I would have liked to have seen out of the end of the – Prime trilogy, but I don't know. I just I felt sort of unsatisfied by the game, and and that's all there is to it. So, which leaves us, unless I've completely missed another game, and we're not going to talk about like Smash Brothers where Samus makes a cameo. But if I'm not mistaken, of course, that it was pretty just... cool when she got her zero suit in Smash Brothers Brawl, though. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was pretty. Cool. Leaves us with Metroid Other M, which has been very divisive among uh, fans. Ex- excuse a... me, excuse me for just one moment. What about that? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so uh, let me th- throw this back. Mark, you haven't played this. Uh, no, okay. I have not. And based so, on the review on the site, I don't think I'm ever going to. <laughs> okay, so l- let me just get a baseline here. So Mark, and I Jet- love how I ruined Metroid Other M for Game Cola. Lovely. Mark and Jenny, let me get a baseline from you. Um, what do you know about Metroid Other M, and what do you think about it just conceptually? I don't know anything about Nothing. it. Well, okay. I guess I'm confused about what other M means, which I guess is intriguing. I'm assuming it's, you know, other marshmallow. Well, well, (laughs) Um, here's the thing. At the end of the original Metroid, you have that nice little, congratulations, you've restored peace to the galaxy, blah, 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 pray for a true peace in the galaxy, and there was a little line, something to the effect of, beware the other Metroid, or something like that. I vaguely recall this. But I think that's where they pulled it from originally was other M supposedly means other Metroid that they were referring to somewhere. But if you think about it, oh, wow, there's talking about the baby Metroid from Super Metroid and Samus being a womanly woman, and it's other <laughs> M, and you stick the M on the other side of other, and you get mother. And then, wait, oh, mother M was also in the Metroid series, so we have mother. And wait a second, Metroid other M, M-O-M, spells mom. Look at this, it's such a brilliant title. That's where all of the cleverness of the game went into, was the title. It's probably true. It works really well for a title, but as far as the rest of the game goes, it is supposed to be an interquel. 
I kind of like that word, integral, between Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion. And you can tell that it was very much influenced by Super and by Fusion. So just the way the game feels, in general, it does fit between those two games. And it is 3D, but it's supposed to be more action-oriented and a a 2D, 3D Metroid game, where it is ostensibly side-scrolling, where you can swing your Wiimote around into first-person mode, and then you're aiming at the screen shooting at things, a la Metroid Prime. Uh, More Metroid Prime 3, really. But So just on a gameplay level, on a general feel level, it fits with the rest of the series. But as Michael can tell you, it doesn't fit. Yeah, it's... Where to begin? All right, I'll begin how I always do. Uh, the gameplay's solid. Team Ninja did a really good job of creating a, that Metroid game that you play purely with a uh, Wii Remote without a nunchuck attached, though uh, at times I kind of wish they just would have given me the goddamn nunchuck. Where the game really falls apart is the voice acting and the story. I'm, I'll try, you know, keep the spoilers to a minimum here. Everyone you, dies! Yeah, you I'm, know. I'm sorry, I couldn't restrain myself. Maybe everyone does. Um, Oh, that was a spoiler. You're, you're part of, like, a squad. You you find, like, Samus's old squad from when she was in, like, the Federation Navy or whatever it is. And Galactic you're all exploring this uh, uh, abandoned ship together. And in order to, I don't, so that you don't endanger anybody, the guy who's in charge asks you to, like, power down your power. So basically, you can't use power bombs because they'll vaporize your comrades if they happen to walk through the door while you're using one. So and you that's fine. I understand bombs. that. Sure. You can restrict the power bombs. And it, it works at first because it's, look, you are following my orders. We're doing this my way. We don't need some hothead who's not actually part of my squadron screwing this whole thing up. You are not going to do anything but shoot, jump, and turn into a ball. Okay, that's fine. And then gradually as you go through the game, instead of getting power-ups from you know Chozo statues, you are authorized to start using these things again, which I think works to an extent. But to the way the story is written... But then the guy makes you run through five goddamn lava rooms without your Varia suit. And finally, finally, when you're fighting the giant fireballs on the top of the volcano, he's like, I'm going to let you use the Varya suit now. And and that was the worst instance of it. But it's not just that. It's this is a highly perilous situation where people very well could start dying. The whole station could explode and you are not working at your full power, therefore endangering everyone more than you would if you just turned on your ice beam. Right. So, and there's also the fact that Samus has taken orders from this guy. And yes, Samus and this guy have a history. She respects him. But at the same time, that's not the awesome bounty hunter that I came to know and love. Well, on, on the other side of that, for those of us who've played Fusion, she did take orders and it was said that she had taken orders in the past. And Prime 3 even has her taking some orders. So I, I can get but that she, she takes orders. she follows him like a dog almost. She goes like everything he says. And then she starts crying about him sometimes. Well, I think that's the thing. And, and sorry to exclude you other guys right now. The, the other M here stands for other men who are not participating right now. Sorry. Yikes. But. What other things can we, can we, uh, <laughs> uh the, the, the other Michael. Is not here. Oh, that's true. Uh, um, we all miss you, Michael. Yeah. For those of you who haven't been keeping score, staff writer Michael Gray recently announced that he would be leaving Game Cola staff, uh, leaving us with absolutely no one to put videos up on the Game Cola YouTube channel, GC.net. We'll miss you, Michael. No, seriously, we will. But uh, we'll drag you back in somehow. <laughs> Metroid. I guess getting back to it, I'll just, I'll just go to the other thing, the other like plot thing that I keep harping on because it's so so stupid. So, um, Samus's parents were killed by Ridley when she was a child, and she was adopted by the Chozo, and that's where she got a power suit. And in this game, 
you, surprise, surprise, Ridley's back. And I, I, I always enjoy a good Ridley fight. But in the beginning of this one, she's goddamn afraid of him. She's, like, paralyzed by fear. And there's this whole cutscene where, you know, uh, her, her, uh... Her she's old... basically freaking out the entire time, and she pictures herself as a little girl standing in front and basically lets her suit power down and just stands there hopeless until, right. and, and her you old know, the deus ex machina directs her. kind of big goofy guy has to come in and save her. At this point, Samus has fought Ridley six times. She has killed him four Wow. I don't care how bad your phobia is. Once you've, you know, w- once you've destroyed your, you know, arch nemesis that many times, I think you get over it. And this again. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> and there's there's two things here, and I am not about to go defending it, but I want to just bring up one point. It was that chronologically, this is right after Super Metroid. Like, yay, yeah. we finished Super Metroid. Let's pop in the next game. And then here Ridley is like what, 24 hours after she just killed him? Before the last time in the last game? Even it's though been, it's been a little while. Nice. So I can long. understand where there might be a freak-out moment of, I just killed you, and there's not enough time for you to even be cloned and grown and here but again. See, it's this not because sense. of that, though. Yeah, but that's that's the thing, is that story-wise, the way it was presented doesn't click with what seems to have been set up in all of the other Ridley encounters, where she doesn't flip out, even in the Metroid Prime games, where you can see her outside the suit potentially reacting to things. That it just seemed like, we're going for drama here, this is the best way we know how. Throw it in. So, you know, not... Well, you know, one thing that I can say about, you know, Metroid and Samus is that Samus was always portrayed as, you know, strong. Like, in the original game, it was a surprise. Oh, she's a woman. Like, you know, women can't do things like that, be space bounty hunters. Come on. You know, to me, the concept of Samus freaking out over something seems kind of ridiculous. Especially, yeah, I, I feel like it was a point of the game to feminize her. Yeah. Um, to make her overly womanly. And I... Um, yeah, but that's I'm dumb. Not saying, I'm not saying that she can't be feminine, but I'm, you know, I, I don't want to see her become a girly girl. Or a little girl, for that matter, yeah. because it's it's incongruous that she flips out so much about Ridley when there are so many other terrifying things in the rest of the game, in the rest of the series, where there's not even a hint of, I am so nervous right now, I am peeing my pants. I don't want to be here. Let me out. Oh, no, it's another monster. There's no hint of that, which I think just it makes it that much more because it doesn't click with the rest of the thing. And some people love it. Again, there's things about every Metroid game that we may complain about that people may love. But from my standpoint, I, I wrote about this. I had a big, long discourse sorting through why Other M makes me so angry when I usually don't get angry about games that I don't like as much. And... It was because it just, it feels like a different experience entirely. That the voice actors were there on their second day of rehearsal, rehearsing with a script that was only in first or second draft stage. And then they recorded that and said, hey, here's your game. It just Seriously, it, I expected someone to come up and say, or after like a crushing trap, is like, you almost became a Samus sandwich. <laughs> Back to famous Resident Evil line. I mean, I, I recognize that people were trying here. They really had high ideals that they wanted to make the Metroid game we have always wanted. But I feel like at the same time, that vision of what we wanted took precedent over precedent and said, this is what we want to give you without so much consideration of how it fits in with the rest of the series. So, I don't know thought through the trailer that because she seems so frail and everything that this was like you know metroid negative one mission or whatever chronologically the first mission was supposed to be yeah. in. I'm, I'm so confused because there's so many games and they're not coming out linearly it's 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 yeah. kind of it's almost turning into zelda it's like <laughs> zelda's even worse because it's, 
it's supposedly not the same link each time. But, yeah. Well, um, I would have been okay with this if this were between Metroid 1 and 2, or even between, you know, one of the Prime games or somewhere. That would be fine, because Samus is theoretically, you know, still young enough, still frail enough, still inexperienced enough to flip out like this, or to be so dependent on the strong men in her life and, and not be able to just, you know, get in there and kick butt like we know she can. But the fact that this is the, chronologically so far, the second to last Metroid game, I feel like there are certain things that should have been in place that were different. I don't know. But anyway, so we've we've harped on Other M for a while. Is there anything else about the game positive that we enjoyed about it? I like the I like the secret boss though. Yes. I can think of a better secret boss that they should have had. I was really happy that the secret boss was there and that it was who it was. Um, I, and, and in fact, and I, I said this as well, my favorite parts of Other M were the parts where it reminded me of other Metroid games. Yes, yes. So it was it was a chance to get to see that in 3D or in super fast action mode or in, holy cow, I can't believe they just pulled that out of nowhere. Anyways, so... Wine, wine, complain, nag, moan. What about outside of the video games? Have I know, um, Mark, I believe you mentioned the Metroid comics. What kinds of exposure have we had to Metroid outside the games? Well, besides the comics, um, well, one time I really comics. Was, That's fine. Oh, okay. Well, there were comics. They were in the Nintendo Power magazine. Um, so Nintendo Power had, well, everyone remembers the classified information, which was not actually classified. But, um, but there was the Super Mario World comics and... Link to the Past comics and, and the Samus comics and Star Fox. And it was just really cool reading about it. Um, you know, it kind of got you involved with, well, as I mentioned, there was that blue bounty hunter guy. Um, Hudson, if I remember. Hudson. Hudson Soft, I think was his full name. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, you know, I don't even really remember specifics from the comic. Like, I don't think there was any battling that I can really remember. I think it was just... There was some shooting. Okay. And I... And I guess I wasn't as into it as, as like you know the Mario World comic and stuff, but um, you know the, it was it was a nice read, I guess. I think it was Captain N, the Game Master. I don't know if anyone ever watched that. Yep. But I of believe the, uh, the uh, I believe the henchman, the main henchman, was Mother Brain, and she was kind of like pink or green. It's like yeah, they did wait, a let's, let's yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, like King Hippo was blue for some reason. It's like I don't know what was going on with that game, but. Yeah, so that was interesting that Mother Brain was there, but no one else from the Metroid series was. Um, and she, yeah, she just had that really high squealing voice, and it was just very awkward and kind of upsetting. And same thing with Mega Man; he's just everyone on that show was just kind of a wuss. Mega Mega. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't talk about Mega Man from that show. <laughs> oh. So comics. Anything else? Any kinds of uh, fan art or sculptures or. One of my favorite things is you have a lot of... I listen to a lot of video game bands, and uh, you have a lot of them covering the Metroid songs because they're they're fantastic. And uh, in particular, I want to give a plug to this one I listen to called Metroid Metal. Yep. Um, this guy and a, a group of his friends, and they cover so much of the Metroid music uh, with, with heavy metal. Um, they even have... Uh, they just uh, released some Metroid 2 stuff, so... Excellent. Wow. Really, if you guys haven't, I suggest checking them out. Anyone listening, just Google Metroid Metal. You'll find them. They are awesome. Anybody who can turn the "You Got a New Item" theme into a minute-long hard rock song gets yeah. a check mark, check plus in my book. Oh yeah, yeah, they could do that. They probably, they probably have done that. Actually. Oh, they definitely have done that. That's what I'm referring to, Michael. Oh, okay. Well, I can't yeah, remember off my on. head, Nathaniel. So music remixes, definitely. What about other things? Jetty, Mark, you guys been exposed to any other kind of not-video-game Metroid? Posters? Costumes? Actual Metroids? 
Yikes. Well, one time in art class, I was playing with some clay, and I made a little ball, and it was Samus in ball form. I tried selling it, but uh, nice. no one believed me. Um, well, I'm impressed. <laughs> How can we ever hope to outdo that? Another interesting fact was... I remember when I was getting ready for Super Mario RPG, I realize this is slightly off topic, but I had heard that there was cameos of Link and Samus in the game. And Link was in there, if anyone remembers. He was sleeping in one of the towns, like Rose Town or something. But Samus was never, she never Uh, ended up actually being uh, in there. Yes, she was. Samus was was in the Mushroom Kingdom in Super Mario RPG, and it was somewhere mid to late game, if I recall, that you randomly went back to Mushroom Kingdom at a time when you normally wouldn't be there. And I believe she was in the castle in the one open bed that's not the princesses in the castle. (laughs) I love that game. BT Dub, as they say. I definitely don't remember that, but that's cool. You you had to look for her, but she was Mm -hmm. there. And she said something to the effect of, I'm resting up to fight the Mother Brain. (laughs) I remember everything. I'm also fond of the, oh, I don't remember the name of the company. It's like First Figures, maybe, or maybe I'm just making that up. But they make sculptures of Samus and the gunship that are beautiful, very professional, and uh, the gunship lights up, if I recall. Um, and they're like $200, but they look to be, if you have that kind of money, worth Well, that's fairly recent, though, isn't it? I think I saw that with Kotaku the other day. But there's some really great poses of Samus. She's, like, in the various suit. She's in the Zero suit. She's in, well, she's not the spaceship, but the spaceship is there, and that looks really nice. So, yeah, very professional, very cool. I also saw somebody who modded a Wii to look like, like, had the Metroid um, logo on the side and sort of had a Metroid theme to it. I think it was a Wii. That looked very cool as well. So, or maybe it was a PC. Could have been a toaster. I don't remember. But people have done a lot of fun. Entire Metroid kitchenette set. (laughs) Actually, I'd love that. That would be very cool. So, if any of you could have any one Metroid-themed thing, whether it was a spatula or an action figure or a hat or what have you, a Metroid hat, that would be really fun. Like a Metroid for a hat. Oh my! That would be oh no, I've seen those. People knit. People knit them. <sighs> nice. Well, golly, just you know, go into the future and steal my creativity, and then go back in time and use it for yourself. Fine. See also, Met- Metroid Beat Sprite art. Uh, I am a big fan of that too. Okay, but if you could have any one thing that is not currently made to your knowledge that's Metroid themed, what would it be? Would you Metroid like- gunship car. I'd like to see <laughs> skiing goggles, like a skiing, you know, mask that kind of looked like. Samus, you know, with the green visor. That would be pretty cool and practical. Car. Car shaped like the gunship. I was actually going to say the same thing. <laughs> that would be too much fun. See, I'm I'm thinking so small. I'm thinking, like, yeah, a Kraid action figure would be kind of cool. See, I have a, a certain affinity for Kraid because it's also the name of the video game club at the university that I went to, which is super. Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking action figures here, like little display toy models that I could put on top of my computer or, you know, that I could station next to my computer at work. You're too small. You, if, you, if you're asking me, you know, for, for you know, stuff I, I want that doesn't exist... I'm going to go big. Wait a second. Metroid-shaped SpaghettiOs. There we go. I'm done. That's actually that's not bad. That's <laughs> Didn't not bad. I have those? You mean just having a bunch of O's that are like the bombs? I mean, that's pretty easy. Well, the O's yeah. like the little energy rings that shoot out in Mother Brain's chamber in Torian, but, you know. Oh. So we can pretend. <laughs> and, and they're in tomato sauce, which looks like lava. So here we go. We have Metroid-Torian spaghetti. I'm going to stop uh, with this silly line of thought because I don't know what I want. 
Oh, oh, uh, one other piece of Metroid media I've seen recently, though, is uh, there was a, um, a burlesque show where you had a uh, woman dressed up as Samus who took off her armor. You were talking about power stripping earlier. <laughs> Not stripping, it's burlesque. Burlesque is classier. <laughs> Going back to the games, is there a point, and, and please don't just say Metroid Other M killed the franchise so the game stops here, but is there a point when you think that Metroid will have told all the stories it has to tell, where it should really just say, you know what, we've had a good run, this is great, let's wrap this up and make it very final and conclusive and never make any Metroid games ever again. Uh, that is there a point where that, that will never happen. happen? That will never happen. As long as there, as long as there's some money to be made with the Metroid series, they'll continue making them. Oh, no, no, no. You, but I'm, I'm not do you saying. Think, do you think Microsoft is going to stop making Halo games just because Bungie's not there anymore? No, no, no. I'm not saying will they. I'm saying should they. Is there a point where you, as a fan, who would love to see these continue into their heyday or stop at a good point before they get all, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, for example, where a lot of people complain about every new game that comes out. Um, is there a point where they should stop, regardless of what anyone else might want to do with them? I mean, sure. I mean, if, if they start to go downhill, you know, people are going to say that they should stop. But I, I, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I tend to have faith that they're gonna they, they're gonna continue to make good games i mean some people you know used to say oh they should have stopped making mario games when he got into all like the side games like mario hoops or mario, mario tennis or stuff like that Mike Tyson's but Pinchot. if that if you know if that happened we wouldn't have mario galaxy or mario galaxy 2 which are both fantastic games so i don't think it's ever going to happen and I, I trust nintendo's judgment on this that they're going to kind of Metroid Other M, as, as far as I'm concerned, is probably a blip on the Metroid radar right now. Or it's, it's just it's just like a small kind of a small blotch on the Metroid legacy. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's you know the beginning of the end. But I don't, if, I don't really see that happening for the Metroid series ever. Okay, but if you look at the Mario series, Mario has basically reinvented itself with every installment. And not necessarily, you know, like Mario Galaxy 1 to Mario Galaxy 2 necessarily. But, I mean, from, you know, Mario 1 to 2, there's a big difference. You know, there's reasons for that. 2 to 3, 3 to Super Mario World, and then N64, GameCube. You know, every time, it still feels like Mario, but there's a lot of different characters. There's different challenges. There's different themes, gimmicks, locations. And Metroid has been pretty consistent of, here... Now you have a different suit. Now you have a different suit. You have a bigger weapon. You have another bigger weapon. You have a different weapon. And it's very much the same elements every time. It's just a matter of, well, do I get the power beam, or do I get the uh, charge beam sooner or later? Do I get power bombs at the very end of the game, which they need to stop doing, or do I get it in the middle of the game somewhere? Do I fight Ridley in this one, or do I not fight Ridley in this one? And that's really, here are all the core elements of Metroid. We're going to use this every single time to sort of jumble how they come into play. And I think if Metroid it's really going to be a long-lived, surviving, wonderful series out into the future. They've got to start doing a couple different things. Not saying that they can't have Ridley, not saying that they can't have power bombs, but that they need to really throw in more variety, more changes, and be willing to abandon some things for one or two installments here or there to really be able to branch out from that. That's one of the things I liked about Prime 2, is that while you got things like the screw attack, you didn't have a lot of things that you recognize. All of the enemies were very different. Um, all of the bosses, the locations were things that really hadn't been seen in a Metroid game. And I like that because it helped to breathe some fresh air 
into the series. So I think if it's going to be really long-lived, they've got to be able to diversify a little bit more and, and challenge themselves as to what kind of locations and weapons and enemies they find. Because Other M, in particular, really played it safe, and yeah, it was a 3D adaptation of some of the 2D stuff that you loved, and I respect that, but didn't really go into new territory that much. So if it continues in that trend, it'll get stagnant. But that's me talking a lot. Mark, Jetty. Well, the big thing that I'm waiting for is Metroid Other M M O. I think that's the next step. No, don't make it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, because I'll never play it again. I I can't play MMORPGs. It just games (laughs) end. I know, I'm just kidding. I I played an MMO for a couple weeks, and I just gave up. Um, I don't don't know. I I think it might be cool to be able to play as a Metroid. might be kind of cool. Just kind of floating around and looking for something to suck on. on. (laughs) Yikes. Flash game. Yikes. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I, I I'd like to see something involving like I don't know. I I always thought Metroids were just like jellyfish, you know, like maybe some sort of underwater adventure where I don't know. A Metroid sees. I guess I'm just thinking of like a comic, but you know, a Metroid would look at a jellyfish and just think it's like his mommy or something. But of course, that's already happened because the Metroid thought that Samus was its mommy, and we know where that got us, right? <laughs> Dead um, Metroid. So, Jetty, do you have any grand plans for the series going on forever or having a nice good stopping point somewhere? Well, see, personally, I uh, I always think if you took any Nintendo game and took out the Nintendo parts, like instead of having Mario had some random dude, it wasn't a Mario game, would it still be fun? Like, would people still enjoy it as much? Or is it all like, oh, it's a Mario game, I'm going to love it? You know, and I can say the same thing about Metroid. If you took Samus out and you just said, well, this is a random space adventure, would people like it as much? That's a very good point. Some of the games, yes, but I would say when you start getting to the point where, realistically, this is just living off of the nostalgia and the fanboys and all of that, that's where it gets to a point where, personally, I would think it needs to stop. Well put. I can agree with that. So, one uh, one final idea that I have. So, we talked about where the Metroid series might stop. Where do we want to see it continue from here? And even though, if you haven't played all of the games up to where it currently is in the continuity, what kinds of things would you like to see in a Metroid game in the future? Hmm, that's a very good question. Ooh, a stumper. Yeah. Well, first question is, do we want to stick with 2D, or do we want to see a 3D game again, or do we want to see another Other M-ish 2D, 3D game? I feel like the Other M system is worth trying for a little bit longer. I I feel like it's got some kinks in it, but I think with a little... A little playing around, they could get they could get a really good gaming experience out of that. Personally, I think if they designed their levels in such a way that you could play them in 2D or 3D mode the entire time, or except for times where you need to switch to one or the other. So instead of it's primarily 2D, and then occasionally you switch into third person and shoot things, instead of that having, you can play this 2D and just run along the side, or you can be in uh, first-person Samus mode the whole time. That you can really go back and forth at, uh, like, I don't know, uh, Jedi Knight 1, 2, 3, any of the you know Jedi Knight games um, for the PC, where you can jump in and out of first-person or third-person back and forth. It's just a matter of your preference. So I think that would be an area worth exploring. Or not, based on the silence I'm hearing. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I yeah. just don't have a lot to say regarding the issue. Yeah, I'm just, I'm holding off for 4D, personally, so... We'll see what happens. Sam is in time. Are we talking about Paper Mario? Uh, no. Yes, we're talking. No! Paper Metroid O? I think not O. <laughs> so that would be interesting. Paper Metroid Boy? Pa- Paper Metroid is pretty, or so, Paper Mario is pretty awesome. Um, I wouldn't are you talking about Paper Boy? I'd give Paper Metroid a shot, I would. 
I would give it a shot with a shotgun. I was not a big fan. I love Super Mario RPG so much that Paper Mario did not meet my expectations in any way and fell short on a lot of ways that I felt were necessary to be a basic RPG. But that's a different topic for a different podcast that I'll probably never be a part of. So, Metroid. Would we go for a like a Mega Man powered up style chibi Metroid or paper no. Metroid or no. anything that is other than no. serious dark Metroid? Darker is good. Darker could work. You know, if there's maybe like a uh, sort of an Arkham Asylum style <laughs> Metroid, that could really work. Chibi, no, because well, Metroid or Mega Man powered up. I only recently played that. Oh my god, it's, it doesn't feel like Mega Man at all. It would just totally destroy Metroid, even more so, because that's it's brighter, it's happier. Well, uh, but here's it's the thing. Do we need to keep making Metroid games that are canonical, or can we do things like Metroid Prime Pinball, which uh, Samus probably did not write in her log, yes, and then I rolled up into a ball and proceeded to visit all of Talon 4 and blow up the boss as a ball. I got really dizzy. I'm willing to give some leeway with experimentation. I don't want to see Samus be made too cute. So is there anything else that we wanted to cover about the Metroid series? We've talked about where it's been, where it is, where it's possibly going, where we'd like it to go. Anything else about the Metroid series that you guys like to uh, shout out about? Where does it rank in terms of your favorite video game series? It's it's up there, I, and Super Metroid is my second favorite game of all time. Very good, very good. I- I guess for me, it's it's really not up there on any of my top lists. I mean, I I, I enjoyed the game. What um, are you doing here? <laughs> well, I mean, there's got to be some dissenters, right? right? I played the games. I like them. They're just not, you know, it's not a chrono trigger for me, or it's not Ocarina of Time. You know, I I enjoyed them. That's fine. We we can have charlatans Never. and heathens on the podcast. <laughs> Jetty, how's it going? Well, it was you know sort of what led me into you know later games like Castlevania Symphony of the Night and such, uh, with whole exploration deal. Well, I mean, we call those types of games Metroidvania now for a reason. Yeah, but I wouldn't say, I mean, granted that I haven't played the later games, but I suppose I connect Metroid with earlier, like the Game Boy version is sort of my primary Metroid experience here, so. Okay, so that's, and as for me, Metroid is definitely up there as one of my all-time favorite video game series, because I like it when people are all alone in a creepy place and could possibly die and never be heard from again. Obviously, we've talked about this. Um, I mean, I love science fiction and guns, boom, boom. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, yeah, that's not helping your case. <laughs> no, I love the exploration. I love powering up Samus. I love being able to sequence break in a lot of places, that you have that freedom, even though you're sort of confined Uh, you know the graphics the music all this stuff we talked about one of my favorite series and that being said i've i've done a lot of crazy playing and and put a lot of hours into it trying to get 100 percent completion trying to get the best ending on every game and in some cases like metroid fusion best endings plural because they started doing multiple endings um, in addition to the just hey you got everything congrats yay for you and i want to want to start to wrap this up unless we have anything else that we feel particularly compelled to contribute. Yes, no? I guess one thing I was disappointed with was, like, you know, Metroid Prime 3 came out, and then I was like, well, you know, I never played the number one, number two, and I was pretty close to buying them on the GameCube, but then they re-release, you know, the Metroid Prime trilogy yep. package, and 
I don't know. I was considering it, but then I already had Metroid Prime 3. It would have been nice to be able to just get number one and two by themselves, like maybe as a, a download or something. Mm. But it was it was nice that at least they reintroduced those. And I really liked that also we didn't mention the number three was that there was like a, a trophy system internal to the game. Yeah. So you could, I mean, I, I guess I liked it because I had two other people that were playing it at the same time. Okay. So I was able to see, like, you know, what they were getting, and then there was the one token that you could exchange okay. with other people that, like, you could only get it by someone giving it to you or something to that effect. And I thought it was nice, and you could put the little decals on the ship and, and, and those sorts of things. You could put decals on the ship? Yeah, I think for each state ah. game you had on the Wii, you could put the logo on the ship. So, like, if you had a, you know, Wii Sports state game save, you could put that decal on the ship, and, you know, it was pretty cool. Ah, I... I, I thought I knew everything. Wow. Okay, well, I'll need to try that next time I play it. Any other last-minute interjections before we start heading home on this one? No, I think I'm good. Okay. So the one thing I want to close with is, given that Metroid has really attracted the whole speedrunning crowd and inspired people to do crazy random things with it, do you have any particularly fun Metroid stories? Like, this was my greatest moment at Metroid, or this is something absolutely ridiculous that happened to me once that I could never duplicate. Any kind of fun Metroid stories from anybody? I'm going to stick with my Walmart story. <laughs> That's a keeper. I spent an ungodly amount of time trying to boost myself up when place bombs, you know, just kind of seeing how far high I would get. And I thought that that was the way to get through a certain area. I mean, I know you need to do that sometimes, but like, you know, just continually get a chain of bombs going, and I don't think you can actually do that. That's one thing that I did want to see more of in Other M, was because they actually had a, a pretty good system for bomb jumping like that, but you never needed it. I was that. <laughs> I remember when I was younger that I had a lot of trouble with the space jump in Metroid 2, that mm -hmm. I would uh, I'd be trying to get out of an area, and then I would fall out of the spinny jump and just kind of start falling. Yep. So where's the fun story bit? That was about it. What? <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll wrap up with my story. Um, well, I, I, I'm sure I have a bunch of other stories that I've completely forgotten. But um, So the, the one thing that I tried, and I, I'm still convinced that I'll go back and finish this, but I learned that in Metroid Fusion, you can do a 1% run. Now, I know that hard mode in Other M basically makes you do this anyhow, where you don't get any of the uh, missile upgrades or health expansions or any of that, and forces you to do a, like, no items run. But in Metroid Fusion, it was totally optional, where it is possible to miss, to willfully avoid every single item in the entire game except for one missile pack that's just right in the middle of your way that you cannot get around. But every other one you can jump over. And so I read about that you could do this and get a different ending. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be crazy if I did this? So I played halfway through Metroid Fusion, all the way to where the power goes down, and then you need to go and reactivate the generator and then go fight the Yakuza spider boss. And that's where I got stuck and couldn't get past because uh, that was just a very tough area for me. So someday I might go back and get it. But I am proud to say that I've played halfway through Metroid Fusion with 1% of the items, which is really difficult because everything does a lot of damage. So I'm happy to have that under my belt. The other thing that I like, Super Metroid was always the go-to game where whenever I was hanging out at uh, my one friend's house, if, you know, I was up there early in the morning, like, having some slumber party, something crazy like that that kids do, um, or, you know, just hanging out late and we don't know what to do, I'm like... I'm going to pop in Super Metroid and see if I can play it to the end. And I, I have one or two fond memories where I just sat down and played Metroid, Super Metroid from start to end without stopping the game and still getting the best ending in under, like, three hours. Nice. So, some very fun times of that. That's my story. Those are my stories. Internet high five. Oh, yeah! So, any last statements about Metroid for the final time before we take this out? I'm good. 
Okay. Michael's like, stop talking. Okay, noted. Well, and you need your computer back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, anyways, I've been Nathaniel Hoover. I'm Mike Ridgeway. Mark Friedman. I'm Jetty. <laughs> and that's about all the time we have for Metroid. This has been Game Cola Podcast number 31. And remember what we say. Don't go camping with Nathaniel. Yeah, I've got no objections to that. Good night, everybody. Do 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 do